What's shaking? Hey, I'm Rick Jordan. Today, we're going all in. What's shaking, everyone? Hey, it's good to have you on. We're going to do things a little different than what we normally do today. I, I just got off recording a podcast, and this podcast, I've got a good sized show at top 2% in the world, but this show was uh, called Do Good and Lead Well, and it's top 0.5% in the world. And there's a lot of stories I tell on this about business, about scaling, about branding, and I get very, very vulnerable. I mean, it's like a, it was almost a cathartic experience for me. I literally just got done recording it with an amazing host, and that I had something to teach you guys today about leadership styles and different quadrants to fall in, which we're going to do that for the next one now because this was just so it's so fresh. Like I just got off it legit, right? And it's interesting because this this normally isn't this way, this background with with the company, with my company, Reach Out Back there, my MSP. What, what it usually is is the Rick Jordan branding and all that. But because of that, it, like led into, it was no coincidence and it led into some really amazing things. You're going to learn a lot from this. I know you're going to pick up a lot from this. I know you're going to feel it deep inside your heart. And I know that you're going to be able to take this and actually do something with it tomorrow and apply it right away so that you can see some amazing shifts in your life. This is a, it's a lot about business. It's a lot about your heart, a lot about your mindset. And I, I know you're going to enjoy it. So here we go. It's around 50 minutes long, five zero. So grab a drink, grab a scotch if you want. Actually, I have a bottle in here, right? I might grab one too and enjoy. It's going to be phenomenal. I, I, my own personal experience with this was incredible. Let's play it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Do Good to Lead Well podcast series. I'm your host, Craig Dowden, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. I'm excited to have this conversation. As soon as Rick and I were able to get this in our calendars, I was like, I cannot wait to have this discussion. Uh, before we begin, a quick note of gratitude and thanks because of your ongoing support your likes, your shares, your comments, your suggestions. Do Good to Lead Well is now ranked in the top 0.5% of podcasts globally. So that cannot happen without your support. And fortunately, through amazing guests like Rick Jordan. And I'm going to do a very quick intro, Rick, because there's so much for us to talk about today. So Rick is the CEO and founder of Reach Out Technology, which is one of the best cybersecurity and IT management firms in the United States. Impressively, he took it from a startup to a public company without the influence of outside money from private equity. And not surprisingly, Rick, Rick has become a nationally recognized voice in cybersecurity, business and ethics. He speaks to audiences. He's interviewed. He's also the host of a top-rated podcast, All In with Rick Jordan, so reaching fans in 29 countries, so a global podcast, a frequent expert guest on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. He's also a featured speaker at NASDAQ, Harvard, West Point Military Academy, and the best-selling author of his book, Situational Ethics. He also works with an OG shark and consults with the White House. So that's kind of like, you know, and what I love is have amazing guests. Off, it's a CEO. It's a best-selling author. We have both right here this afternoon. So, Rick, super warm welcome to the program. Thanks, Craig. What's shaking, man? I appreciate the the great bio there that you read. It's a, You got my long one. <laughs> I got, well, and yeah. I was going to say, that's very good. I could have kept going on this in terms of the, <laughs> Thank you. It's just Thank been you. great. And, good to be here. And, and, and some of the audience members, or many of the audience members, are founders, they're executives in growing companies and organizations, and you just have such an amazing entrepreneurial journey. So can you take us through, I know it's it's been a, a lot of effort to, to build, what are some of the key um, points in, in that journey, some of the lessons, how you've built such an incredibly successful organization? That's a good question to start with, man. And I, I knew it for a reason, because if, uh, I don't know if this is just audio only, I didn't actually check that if, if it's video also that you publish, but be, behind me, I mean, if you're watching this cool, you can see exactly this, but if you're just listening to this, uh, I'm in my studio, right? And behind me, typically when I guest on shows like, like Craig's, which is an amazing show, 
we had fun on my show too we had a great exchange and yeah it was it was a good time man but usually i have my my rj logo behind me right the the purple with the triangles and everything because that's my thing but today for some odd twist of fortune is the logo of my company behind me at reach out technology and i have this as a background when i do uh ceo talks on mondays or anything that's specific to the company itself like i did a a guest on a live stream because we we did go public uh, just a couple months ago and it was on a live stream for shareholders and, and i was interviewed because it, it was like overnight we ended up having over a thousand shareholders by going public by doing a reverse merger which is phenomenal like you need 300 to go to nasdaq so it's like we're already set there that, that's uh, i mean just incredible gratefulness that i have but you ask the questions like, how did I like take you on that journey? How did I do it? I always get asked that question. And it's it has to do with like what's behind me right here. And that CEO talk that I talk about, as we continued to scale, because I mean, it was just four years ago when, I, I guess it's 2024, so we'll say five years ago now, back in 2018 when we actually broke the, the million dollar mark in revenue. You know, and even going into the pandemic, it was... Uh, I think about eight people working for the company at that time, you know, and I think two million in revenue, and that was just three years ago. Now here we are, a public company with eight figures in revenue and seventy-eight employees. You know, so, so I mean, it just snowballed, man. And the the way that I've done that is through culture, and and the way that I've built culture is through branding. And I've always, you know, when it was a lifestyle business prior to 2018, and what I mean by a lifestyle business, you know, if, if it's entrepreneurs that are listening, you know, leaders, whatever, it's, and coming off anytime, I talk a lot, but this is a good story. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, Craig, this is good, man. I'm actually speaking directly from my heart today. You know, and right. it's, uh, I do that a lot, but at the same time, it's a, it's weird, man, because today, maybe it's you, you know, which is a good thing. I say that as a, as a compliment, <laughs> maybe it's you because I mean, we've had a good conversation already, but it's, uh, I, it's a very safe space. And I think this is a different, not a different Rick, but it's a, uh, it's a different side of me, you know, cause my show is very driving. Right. And here I'm talking about, it's like, how did I get to where I was? And that first several years, I mean, that first decade, if I, if I go back and look at it, I did what a lot of entrepreneurs will do in business is that we'll, we'll build it up to a point to where it's, it's comfortable and it's a lifestyle. And you don't have to have a million dollars a year in revenue to be comfortable financially you know, a, a, as a business owner, right? And I'm not going to say an entrepreneur, but as a business owner, you don't have to have a million dollars in revenue a year to be comfortable. You get to like the half a million dollar mark, which means you might have one or two employees if you're a service-based business, you know, or you're churning a decent amount of product, you know, you're, you're making a, some good margin on it. You can, you can afford a home, a, a nice size home. You can afford nice vehicles for you, your, your partner. You can afford to feed your kids. Uh, when I started, I could barely even afford to feed my kids because I was laid off when my twins were born. That's when I started down this entrepreneurial journey. But, those first several years, man, it, it was like, I didn't know or couldn't recognize that, that gaping hole inside of me, for me specifically. And what I was just talking about, there was nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, having a lifestyle business. Because you know, there's a lot of awesome business people, a lot of entrepreneurs that might even have, you know, might even call themselves serial entrepreneurs, and they've got five businesses, and each of them are doing $100,000 each in revenue. You know, so they're, they're making that half a million in revenue and they're happy. That's awesome, man. You know, for me, it just wasn't enough for me and it has nothing to do with an ego or anything. It's just like, I'm capable of more and I want more. I know I'm put on this earth to do more. I know I'm meant to impact more than just eight people around me that work for me. And then I started looking, it's like, how do I get that across? Because I mean, we had a great culture with eight people, but how do I do this? And branding was legitimately, personal branding was legitimately the answer. You know, the, the very first thing I did, Craig, was I was walking through uh, an IT conference, right? Because it's like deep down inside of me, you know, it's like I, I, I was the first Geek Squad agent in Chicago, you know, I was tinkering around with computers when I was like 10. You know, it's, it, they were just interesting to me. Tech was always interesting, but I never, 
I never looked at it for like the shiny object, you know, I like it, case in point, the new Apple vision pro, right? right? Up until today, literally today, I'm like, dude, that thing's like five grand, you know? And here I am, I have an eight figure company. I'm financially well off. And I'm like, it's like five grand. And I'm like, that's great, but it doesn't look like something I'm going to use. You know, and, and the only reason I <laughs> do, the only reason I get a new iPhone every single year is because it's expected of me as a CEO of a tech firm to have the latest <laughs> tech <laughs> for real. It's like, there's not much difference between this phone and the last two to three years. There, there, there isn't. I mean, even three cameras, it's like, it's got the Periscope camera now and the 15 Pro Max so I can zoom 5X instead of 2X. You know, I'm like, whatever, you know, I, who cares for real? But the Vision Pro, it's like the same thing. I'm like, you know, that's that's a great concept. But when I saw like the, the CEO of Netflix come out and say, you know, it's, it's just too small of a market. We're not going to make any of our content for that. Yeah, and, and it's like I, I was in the same lane as him. It's like it's a shiny object. Yeah. You know, so w when I take a look at these things, you know, be, being that nerd way back when to the point to where I was walking through an IT conference where I was going with the story and I see a guy there that that is pitching, hey, sign up for my program and I'll get you on TV. Like, right. interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, and I had always been on stage and as a musician in, in churches and, you know, playing in front of literally thousands of people, you know, as a, as a worship pastor, because I'm an ordained pastor, I helped plant three churches in the Chicago area. And then I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, well, that's interesting. It seems just like it would be kind of fun. And that's important too, bro. That is important is to continue to have fun, even though I'm going through two effing audits right now from going public, two simultaneous audits. Yeah. Dealing with auditors is the worst, you know, and they work for me. I'm paying them. It's not like the IRS. It's like I'm paying them to do this. And they're non-responsive, take a long time to respond, don't have a sense of urgency around this stuff with real life consequences, you know, and it's like, I just, it doesn't compute with me, you know, and, but still it's like, I get off this frustrating meeting and I'm like, man, that sucked. And yet I actually get to do this stuff. I'm grateful I get to do this because there's not many CEOs of public companies that have ever existed. You know, it's like a few thousand. <laughs> that's it. Yes. You know, that's it. A few thousand out of like the U.S. population of 325 million. You know, it's, it's not many, dude. So I'm like, wow, it's like kind of cool. It helps set in. And I see this guy. I'm like, that's the same thing. It's like, how many people do I know go on? They go on TV, right? They talk about the current events or a, a book or whatever. It's like not many. And so I'm looking at him I'm like, huh, that'd be kind of fun. So I'm asking him, I walk up to him. I'm like, I want to know how many people, how many of these IT people, these tech nerds that are here at this conference, because they're all business owners, they all own managed service providers, IT consultant firms. How many signed up with you today? And his name's Clint Arthur, by the way, he's been on the show. People can look him up. He's got great programs. If you, if you want to start down this road, I did in 2018, awesome guy throwing a shameless plug. He's become a friend <laughs> after these years. It, and he looks at me, he goes, man, it's like immediately is like his guard dropped and the, the salesman in him dropped. And he says, you know, th this crowd, man, he's like, they just don't get it. Right. And uh, yep. I'm like, well, okay. Well, even beyond the reason that I'm like, this looks fun and it looks like something that could benefit me. I said, because of just what you said, literally because nobody else here is doing it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> There's a lesson in that. <laughs> for sure. So I sign up for that, for the TV thing. Then he's also like, I got the speaking thing too. I'm like, that sounds great. He's like, you're going to come and speak at the NASDAQ boardroom and you're going to be on the Jumbotron. You're going to speak at an entrepreneurial event there. I'm like, sweet, sign me up for that too. You know, but in addition to that, that led into things like Harvard, you know, the Harvard clubs of Boston and New York and like, no joke, like the very first entrepreneurial speaking engagement that I did was in the NASDAQ boardroom wow. before I even went on TV. And I've got photos of me on the jumbotron photos of me speaking in the NASDAQ boardroom. And I kid you not that what, just kind of cropped up a couple years later, like three years later, when somebody approached me and said, Hey, have you ever thought about taking your company public? Uh, and I was like, right. I never have. 
Like, well, we yeah. found this photo of you <laughs> in the boardroom in NASDAQ you know, wow. it, yeah, because yeah. they saw me speak at a different event. And then that's when it connected. They're like, huh, like we're, we're talking to two other companies right now to figure out because they were a consultancy firm for a regulation A plus offering. It's a funding program for private companies to offer shares to the public. It's kind of like a baby IPO. You know, it's a first step. A lot of people don't know that too. There's actually like stages in public companies. We did the Reg A first, then we reversed and listed on OTC, which is actually fully going public and listed and, and reporting, which was just a couple months ago. The next step that we intend is an uplisting to a senior exchange like NASDAQ. Yeah, right. But a few years ago when they pitched this to me, they're like, we're talking to two other companies. We just have one question right now for you. What would you do with the money if you had it? Right. I was like, well, that's easy. I'm like, and I rally right off. I'm like, I would go by other companies. I'm like, is it, you know, this event that you saw the photo at where I connect with that? Nobody understood this. Everybody's trying to scale. Scaling's hard. A third of these guys are going to go away in a couple of years because one, they're just business owners that cannot scale to a point to where it overcomes the headache of being that business owner and all the pressures and stresses that you have. And there's no nationwide brand because everybody searches, I got hacked help me on Google or, you know, show me an IT guy near me or something like that. And you get like thousands of names. The, the thing that's missing from this industry is a nationwide brand and a face to that brand. Right. Uh, and I talk about this all the time, man, is about being findable. You know, when I teach yeah. about sales or even just running a business, it doesn't matter if you're a multi-million dollar eight-figure company like I am, or if you're just doing the lifestyle business, you still have to be findable. You have a brand, whether you like it or not. It's just a question of, are you cultivating it? Mm. And that's what I do, bringing this story full circle because of this background that's behind me today, the company, the company <laughs> background. Every single Monday, I have a CEO talk, which is a live stream that's broadcast to the entire organization because we're in all four time zones now in the whole US, we're adding more acquisitions. It's like, how do I continue to instill the culture and cultivate that because everybody now within the company is not just a representative of the reach out brand, but it even falls underneath the Rick Jordan brand. Right. How do I continue to instill that culture every single week? And that's one of the ways that I, that I've been able to do it so far. So sometimes they turn into podcasts, you know, we'll, we'll repurpose the content. Sometimes it'll just be this right here to where I'm like talking straight to them, giving them news about the company or so dealing with some very specific trends in the industry, you know, to let them know, Hey, this is what's coming or getting them excited. Like when we, you know, came out of the year and it's like, listen, everybody gets shares in the company. We just went public for a Christmas bonus. Everybody's a shareholder now, you know, which that's legit. We did that. You know, it's, a, it's, it's no, it's no coincidence that this is up here today and we're talking, you know, the, that, in a nutshell, that's the journey, man, is the journey from the lifestyle business into identifying that a personal brand matters and branding in general matters to where it's just like if you see that most other people are not doing something, it might be a good idea for you to actually be the one to step out and do it. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, and congratulations. I think it's, it's awesome and, and it's not surprising. And it's part of why I was, you know, many reasons why I was excited to have you on and there will be some videos. People can check out the, the, the logo in the back. And I think so, so many different pieces, right? I think, as you were saying, look for opportunities where people are not, I think there's lots of value there in terms of going, Hey, so what could that look like? Yeah. And I really appreciate your observation as well, Rick, about the brand. Our brand exists, whether or not we're intentional around it or not. And I love the intentionality you bring to it. And it just sounds like that's a strategy you've used in all kinds of different areas, including building the culture. And, and one question I want to ask you about, because I think this is, and, and it may be counterintuitive and even challenging for some listeners, because you've described it, you say, you know, like, essentially, it's important to leverage failure as a stepping stone to success, right? Like, yeah. I think that's so, and for many, it's like, ah, failure, failure, run, run, you know, this is not a good, this is going to hold me back. Can you talk about the important role of failure in terms of uh, informing and, and really elevating our success? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I've fallen on my face a lot. And uh, ironically, a, uh, a good friend of mine, David Melcher, was just calling me while we were talking. I, ha I had a thought about bringing him on speakerphone and like just in injecting him into the show. 
but uh, he, he's got a great podcast too. That's uh, part of the the entrepreneur group, you know, entrepreneur.com. And uh, they called the playbook. The guy's awesome. He's a good friend, but there's something that he says around failures, you know, like I paid the dummy tax, you know, and I was just talking with, with one of my VPs about this this morning too, around that dummy tax. And it's like when I, when I coach, internal employees or external people it's like i've already fallen on my face on this and especially those that i really really care about you know especially those in my inner circle that work for me right that i've developed close personal bonds with and friendships where it's like i want them to succeed so badly it's like listen to where i've screwed up please (laughs) you know that's the best way that i can teach is like listen to where i screwed up because I've, i've done that and just like within yourself, if it takes you 10 years to accomplish something the first time, right? right? Like 10 years to go public, really more like 13. It's like the next time, because I keep saying, it's like, this is not going to be my, it's my first one, but it's not going to be my last one. Because now that I'm going through it, I'm seeing it. It's like, well, I think I could probably do it in a year next time. For real. It's, a, it's like that 10 to 1 rule. So it's the same thing with the dummy tax when somebody else has paid that where you see their failures. It doesn't have to necessarily be your failure that you learn from. You can learn from somebody else's failure and accelerate that that trajectory for yourself as well. So it's important though, you know, and I'll talk about this from a parenting perspective as well. You know, cuz I've had my own share of failures. I mean, probably my biggest financial failure that I've had was an event that I was going to put on in 2019. My commitment in cash just to the venue was about $750,000. So three quarters of a million dollars, large event, right? I had tons of great speakers lined up. I actually stole a lot of Grant Cardone speakers from 10X that year, you know, and they were coming to speak at this event. And then uh, on, a, on a whim, the venue material, materially breached the contract. You know, which like put the whole thing belly up. And I mean, I learned a lot of lessons in this too, because even after the fact, talking with lawyers and and they're like, listen, every single one, like you have a legitimate case here. The issue is that they're a public company coming back to the public company thing. It's like, right. They're a casino. They're just going to outspend you, man. They will bleed you dry in legal fees. So way more than three quarters of a million dollars. So they're like, do you have that much money to put into this? And I'm like, I know that I understand what you're saying. I'm picking it up and you're telling me it's going to cost way more. And I think the phrase exactly was good money going after bad money. Right. Yeah. And so going through that, but however, it was the way that I handled it. And I'll say this, and this is a, this is not to say that I'm awesome. You know, besides that, I know that I am, I'm not saying this and yeah, I hope, every, right. I hope yeah. everybody I listening. Yeah. yeah. I hope everybody listening can, can actually say that about themselves too, because I yeah. do, I think I'm, I'm pretty awesome. And the, it's because of how I know that I show up for other people, you know, and it's because I, I know my intentions behind things. I know, I know where I'm coming from on that stuff. And there's just certain things that are facts and a Navy SEAL helped me separate that before. I'm like, I don't want to sound arrogant. He's like, well, arrogance is like exaggeration of the truth, you know, and a very self-centered in your intentions. He goes, is what you're about to say f- factual? And, and I'm like, well, yeah, it is. And he's like, well, then it's just truth, man. It's up to the other people to take it how it's going to take it. So, so people who are listening understand when I say that I'm awesome, it's like the reason why I'm awesome is because I show up for other people in the way that I do. And in this events, all the speakers, it's like, listen, I, I refunded all the tickets, you know, at that point, even though we had already spent all the dollars coming in to commit to the venue, right? And then we still compensated for flights for speakers who were coming out because it was going to be a revenue share model from stage, right? So right. even the expenses that they put out, it's like, here you go, please take this back. And yeah. lo and behold, one of the friendships and really like a mentor mentee relationship that I made out of that was with Kevin Harrington, the OG shark that I'm, that you mentioned in my bio, we started having breakfast and another event once a quarter and he got to know me. I got to know him. I just walked up to him after I had him involved in this and, and I'm like, you want company? And he's like, yeah. So I told him like, this is what I'm doing. Like with reach out and like, would you like to get involved? Because this is the trajectory. And he's like, no, I don't. I mean, he told me no. You know, I'm like, I'm like well, okay, why is that, Kevin? And he's like, well, I don't get involved, and it's another good lesson for people. I don't get involved in things I don't really understand. 
Mm, He's nice. like, and I don't yeah. understand the cybersecurity space or the IT space. I'm like, okay, well, what can I tell you? I mean, that's where my my like sales mind goes, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> how can I overcome <laughs> this objection? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on. So I started in it. He's like, listen, I, I I just don't have the bandwidth for that right now. It's a, it's a complex industry. I'm like, it kind of is. Yeah, I get that. But then we just started having breakfast, and every once in a while, I'd bring it up. He told me no three times over the course of like two and a half years until finally I was sitting there with him and I. And I don't know what it was because I had been teaching about the, in the industry and just casual conversation. And I told him, I'm like, Kevin, it's a freaking roll up. It's like, oh, well, I can do that. I understand that business model. You're going public. Cool. I understand the capital markets. He was involved in Celsius Energy, energy you know, like a multi-billion dollar company, you know, 20 plus companies with a hundred million dollars and more in revenue. He's like, I can build the business. Yeah. Let's get going on this thing. You know? <laughs> like, that's all it took. But then the, the first event I spoke at branding, coming back to that, maybe that's the thing, yeah. an intentional branding. The first event I spoke at announcing that we were the first in the industry to go this route. He came out, flew out his own expense promoted me, introduced me on stage, uh, and wow. just amazing, amazing interaction with him. And there's one thing that he said, and this is important for people. So when I say that, you know, it's like, I'm awesome. It's like, the only reason I can say that confidently and ethically is because of how I show up. I mentioned that, but what he said about me, which I'll hold on to this because I take it to heart. And he said, you know what, when I told Rick, no, for those years, we I really got to know him, really got to know his heart. And what's more important is that everything he said was going to happen that he was going to do, he did. And I watched him for those two and a half, to, for those two and a half years. And even right now, it's like all the doubters, man, I kid you not, all the doubters that told me that there's no way you'll make it to go yeah. public. Uh, it, everybody, and it's like even, even some investors, no joke, like the early ones three years ago that, that jumped in at like a, at that point it was just a, a rock bottom price per share. And they said, you know, it's, it's like, well, when are you going public? I'm like, my intention is three years will be listed. And a year into it, they're like, you're not public yet, right? I want my money back. And I was like, well, no, that's not how this works. That's not that type of investments. Sure. You know, some of them were that way, you know, smaller ones, yep. by the way. And there's a lesson too. the ones that put in several hundred thousand dollars, you know, to do that, they didn't ask for anything back. The ones that put in $5,000, dude, those are the ones that are like, I don't want my investment back out. Yeah. You know, it's right. a, it, it's such an interesting concept. And I, I never, I never really understood that until I went through it. So this is the dummy tax, right? Is that it's a lot easier to ask for more money than it is for less money. Yeah. You know, Cause you want to get people behind it that actually can catch onto the vision, not that are just watching the ticker every single day to see if their five grand is going to turn into $5,050 you know, right. to make 50 bucks on it that day. The, the more patient ones understand that this is a process. Well, and, and a couple of things, because I've and thank you. These stories are great, and uh, and and the insights, and and appreciate having the authentic Rick. Uh, you know, I just had a different uh, energy to to the conversation in terms of um, how you're showing up. I I love that as you're sharing that story, and then with Kevin as well, right? Like basically, and and coming back to the, I believe you said the Marine, right? It's kind of like you were just you were sharing things with him, and what I love about what you're saying is you basically just put your ego aside when he said, no, like I'm not interested. It didn't stop your passion. It didn't stop your visioning. It didn't stop your relationship. You were like, oh, okay, cool. And then, and then what else can I talk about? And it wasn't a, yeah. well, if he doesn't respond favorably the next time I'm going to, you just kind of, and, and I, I really appreciate this. You know, it's like you had this vision, you had this idea and we're able to just continue on that path, regardless of how Kevin responded. And then once again, when the opportunity presented itself, you're like, oh, here. And then it was like key, lock, click. And that was it. So, yeah. you know, how were you able to, as you, you know, you said, hey, I'm awesome. And then also you, you put your ego in check, if you will, because you didn't, he didn't hurt your feelings when you said, hey, I'm not interested. So. Tell us around that journey, because I think that's really important for people listening, for all of us, around how yeah. to ensure we stay connected. It, it's, it's not something that's ever easy to hear. Right. 
yet it's always something to learn from when you get told no. Mm. Is that, that word no is, I fully believe, I mean, it's two letters, you know, the shortest type of word that exists in the, in the English language at least. And, you know, in German it's four letters, right? Nine. But so we'll, we'll stick with the English language. One of the shortest words is no, but it can be the most powerful. Right. There's a lot when you're doing, when you're doing really, really, really big things, or when you have a vision for something that's really, really big, you will have way more opposition to that. The greater the dream, the greater the opposition. Interesting. Yeah. And it's a, you'll hear no a lot more. And that's, that's typically, it's like, I almost think of a, if there's any Marvel fans out there, right? Like, like Iron Man in the, uh, in the Avengers, right? There's Dr. Strange and he goes into this like weird time warp thing and he's like viewing the future and he comes back and, and Iron Man asks, it's like, how, how'd you see? He's like, you know, 13 million possibilities or something like that. He's like, and how many of those do we win? And he goes, one. There's like, like just literally one possibility. And while I think that there's, there's a lot of ways to accomplish things that you want to, there's a lot of paths you can take. There's a lot, there's infinite amount of decisions along the way. There's a lot of yeses. There's, there's a hundred times more no's along that path. It doesn't change your desired end state, your outcome. No matter what decisions you make in between, how you fall off the road, get back on the road, whatever, it's like it's infinite possibilities, almost like those books when I read when I was a kid, those choose your own adventure books. I don't know if anybody else said it. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, if you want to walk through the door, turn to page 47. If you yes. want to go back outside, turn to page 86, you know? And it's like, cool, you always got to the end. Mm -hmm. And the end, ironically, almost always looked the same. You know, in, in those yeah. books and that that's the same with this so when you get told no by these things it's the only way you get stuck and you hit the nail on the head Craig the only way that you get stuck is if you let your ego get a hold of you in those moments because then your ego becomes a limiting factor what are you talking about I get the best stuff ever you know I can't believe that you know why do you tell me no or like saying I'm awesome why do you tell me no I know I'm saying I'm awesome today but it's literally because of how I show up for other people not how I show up for myself and when I say that I'm awesome you know now there's a whole nother talk about self-care and self-talk and all of that right but with, with, yeah. the, with those no's those no's are something that should fuel you not keep you away from what you want because you're the one that allows that you might get a no and that no most of the time and this is true with the story that i told you about kevin whether it's in sales whether it's with a, a girlfriend whether it's with anything a no usually means not now right no yep. very rarely means not ever that not now is to, it's like, okay, what do I need to do in order to create the environment around this and the, the right type of situations to where that no can even become a maybe. Right. Right. Cause a, a, a yes is so definitive and it's, it's the, it <laughs> dude, a yes is the most difficult thing to get to. No is way easier to get to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a, it's more comfortable for people to say too. psychologically, it's way more comfortable for people to say because it's protective. Absolutely. So when they say no, it's like, cool, I get excited because I, I understand it's like there's something there that I need to learn some other resource that I need to obtain some other mindset that I need to have to change that no into a maybe. Well, and, and I love this, uh, how, how you're unpacking this for us, Rick. And, like, I think it's interesting to think about this perfect example with Kevin. If our ego lashed out, so we were our bruised ego lashed out and said that, Kevin, what are you talking about? On the, I doubt you'd have the next breakfast or the breakfast after. Yeah, because he's exactly. Go, yeah. Good, yep. Goodbye. Or if we turn that ego inwards where it bruised yeah. ourselves, where it's like, well, I can't, this isn't, and, and we kind of will now game over. And what I love and again, love to get your pers and perspective on because how you talked about, and I was part of your choose your own adventure books as well, going to page oh, 86. Cool. What's, what's really cool, and this lesson is so important for all of us, right, is that 
I also wonder aloud about when our ego gets attached to the how is in there's a singular path. Like this is the right and the only path. And what I love about what you're sharing, Rick, is like there are lots of ways to get there. So let's not look at the right path or the only path. And I also love you're asking a question. What am I missing? Yeah. That's always the question to ask, man. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I, there's, I just look back and I reflect because I, I haven't, I've told versions of these stories and, and even more so like pieces of these stories over the years because, uh, you know, in bite-sized chunks, they make good anecdotes when you're on stage talking to people, you know, they, they, they do, but not into the depth that I have today or like the fluidity that I have today. So I, I'm, I'm grateful first for the opportunity to be able to do that with you today. You know, to, to take this path in our conversation and you just like letting the, letting it ride. That's ph- phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> letting it flow. I'm also grateful that I have these stories to tell, man, that I look back and it's like, uh, as I started this, it's like, yeah, I get to do this. And I look back, it's like, I, yeah, I, I was the lucky one that got to lose three quarters of a million dollars. Of course, I say that in jest, but at the same time, there's so much good that came out of it. Trust me, I would have preferred not to lose the money and learn learn lessons around that. But it it generated so much good out of it, and it's it's how I responded to it. It's how I show up. And again, what I, I'm so privileged in the podcast and in the work that I do, speaking with extraordinarily successful people, right? And then what I'm loving about what you're sharing, and again, and appreciate the granularity that we're walking through this together. So I have the same yeah. level of gratitude in reverse, is that it, to me, what strikes me about you and what's really informed your success is almost this insatiable curiosity without judgment. Mm. That's a great phrase. Way to phrase that, man. Wow. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It just seems like as you've gone through things, you, your, your focus on what you can learn versus what the outcome is. Yeah. Your focus on how this informs your path forward versus, well, what's going to happen here or how someone's, it just seems like that has just been such a powerful guiding force for you. And you keep that with you. It's almost like a superpower in some ways. Yeah, I, I, you could call it that. And if there's a way to cultivate that in, in anyone, you know, it's a, before I start into that, there is, a, it's like, uh, I've never told this either, actually. That this just came to my mind. It's like with the event, when I say I lose $750,000, three quarters of a million dollars, it's like they're like, oh, well, that's just because he has the money he can absorb it. And it's like, it took, no joke, three years to dig out of that hole to the point to where, you know, I had an Amex Platinum card and, I, you know, coming from literally no income when I started the business to being able to slap 100K at a time and get it approved on that Amex Platinum card was a big positive journey for me to the point to where after this was there, it's like, oh, there's no revenue from this. I got like 300K sitting on this card right now and calling American Express and being like, guys, there's no way. Cause I mean, uh, an Amex platinum, you paid in full every month. Yeah. You know? And right. I'm like, guys, yeah. this was the scenario. This is what happened. The thing fell through. There's no revenue coming from this when it was supposed to be a million dollars in revenue for this event. Just two weeks from now. You know, what are my options? Like, well, and I had five cards from them, man, five cards, the, the Amex platinum card. I had like a Hilton card. I had a, a, a general card that I used for groceries because I got like 6% back or something like that. Um, one of the cards, you know, the MX Platinum had no limit, but the, the, one of the MX cards, I mean, for somebody who, who came from nothing and now having a card with like a $60,000 limit, a revolving account, yeah, it's, to saying, what do I do with this because I can't pay you this month because th- this is what took place. And like, they, they were really kind and they're like, you know what? It's okay. We have a program for you. It's called a hardship program. Huh. Like what we can do is it's three percent interest. I'm like, that's it. I'm like, revolving cards have like twenty seven percent interest. I'm like, no, it's like three percent interest. We spread it out over three years, monthly payments. You know, here's what the payment will be. And then the caveat, they're like, the only condition is that all your accounts get closed. Uh, right. I was like, oh man. 
though I, I look at that and it's like that it was very humbling in those moments to to know that I had gone through a big failure and at the same time there was still a way forward from a company even as big as American Express but of course there were some some challenges with that too so it's like when I say I lost three quarters of a million dollars it wasn't like I just like threw my hands up and I was like "Ah, okay when people like oh yeah he's the CEO of a public company it's like it took no joke three years literally three years to to climb out of that to generate more revenue to sell more you know which by the way one of my board members whenever there's like you know we get crunched on cash or whatever he'll always be like rick answers easy i'm like what's that man he's a financial guy too he's like just go sell some more shit I mean, that's always <laughs> one of the best lines of advice ever you know <laughs> but, but yeah but, that's a bumper sticker right yeah there. right on. <laughs> yeah. so that, that that digging out of that for three years you know it, it was very very real yeah. and you know the, the second part that you were referencing there i just lost my train of thought but that's okay because it was a part of it i can't what was your question again on that do you remember it was around curiosity. As That's your, it. Yeah. As, as your superpower. Yeah. It's how to cultivate that. That's right. And how to cultivate and it. And it's uh, cultivating curiosity because it, I'm sure you've heard billionaires say this. I mean, like Mark Cuban, you know, it's like people that are naturally curious are the ones that, that generally do well in life, you know, or if you want to use the word better, use the word better. Right. You need to cultivate curiosity though. Because being interested in that in and of itself, and I'm, you mentioned it earlier, and I don't know if this is like a great bookend for the episode or not. You're the host. You determine that. But it's a, that's your <laughs> job today. <It's> a, <laughs> but, but cultivating the curiosity is also killing your ego. Mm. Because being curious about other things and other people and other things in this world, generally speaking, has nothing to do with you. Because it's a different, it's a change in focus. It's a change in perspective. Rather than focusing inward, you're looking outward. Rather than having a perspective of how this is affecting me, it's a perspective of how is this affecting everybody else. So it, it is a mindset shift and a killing of the ego, and it's something that has to be practiced. Yeah, and there, there's, I'm sure there's tools out there and everything, which maybe I'll develop some now. Maybe this will be the next course for me, right? Cultivating curiosity. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. You give me ideas today, Craig. <laughs> it's, it's a, I know it's that because I was one that was uh, fortunate enough to be naturally curious. My mom tells stories when I was one years old, one years, one year old on the on the carousel, on the merry-go-round, and I was always not really necessarily enjoying the ride but i was always like looking up and looking at the gears and trying to figure out how the thing works how am i going up and down right now how am i going in a circle you know just very naturally curious around all those things but there are times and this is how i know there are times to where i feel like i miss things and it's it's it becomes lost opportunities or uh friction in relationships you know or just general peace and when I take a look at that, it's like, oh, I've been focusing inward too much. You know, I haven't been actually paying attention and been curious about what's been going on around me, which is just I let my ego rise up too high. So it's not something that I'm immune to. I might be naturally curious, but it's, ego issues is not something that I'm immune to that anybody is really immune to. Some just have to work harder at it than others. You know, but awareness is the key so anybody that's listening to this episode today it's like now you're aware because it, you know cultivating that curiosity now you know where the bottleneck is and like most things the bottleneck is you so from here on out you can take a look around i mean walk in it's like you're not just put on this planet to to go to work pay bills and die you know, that is so focused inward on you and what you're experiencing rather than looking outward to what others may be experiencing. It'll resolve arguments faster <laughs> when you're trying to <laughs> when you're trying to to see what your your partner or who, whoever is trying trying to experience from their perspective, you know, or somebody who works for you or who you work for with their 
situation is right now, be curious. And the way to be curious is to push down your own ego, suppress your own ego. That way you can pay attention to other people. Well, I, I agree with your assessment around a beautiful bookend. Uh, so I'm going to, I think it is. And, and what I love as we just go back through, it's almost like this incredible through line in our conversation around that curiosity. And I love the word that you brought to, to really emphasize here as we're closing our discussion, Rick, is awareness raising. Yeah, yeah. And the more we can be aware of ourselves, and in particular, the more we can be aware of our environment and what's out there and what we can learn and how we can apply that. And as you say, by killing our ego and not allowing it. And to me, it really sounds like not allowing it to interfere with you know, that awareness raising, it's yeah, almost right like the ego sounds like this messy thing that screws up the radio signal. And it's like, put that aside. Right. And, and really focus on awareness and being curious. And I love, there's so many great examples that you've shared and thank you for being so open and vulnerable with the audience <laughs> as well about, you know, some really profound experiences that you had in scary. And what I love about the exercise with Amex, I do, I have to just virtual high five and think it's so awesome for all of us to think about. Like, I'm going to ask, challenge people to think about, imagine how you would be in that circumstance. How many people would hide, not call, not be, pro what did you do? You leaned into that discomfort, right? You went and asked and you raised your awareness and raised their awareness. Hey, here's what's going on. Rick, this has just been awesome. Uh, I'm so grateful for Good. you, your perspective, um, and, and, and your authenticity. Any final words before we close the discussion today? Because this has been a treat and so many great insights for, for all of us to reflect on and learn from. That's awesome, brother. I, f I feel so full inside today after going through this with you today. And uh, I hope that, I mean, ego aside, I'm saying a little pun here, right? I hope this ends up being one of the bar the biggest episodes that you've ever had because the message is profound. And dude, my heart is that just people can grasp onto stuff that I've said today to where you can just absorb it for your own and become aware about maybe some scenarios in your life. You know, and the, the things that, that I love are things that like what I get on some of these chat rooms for the stock to where people are now like buying the stock for my company. But then they post when I just say what's shaking, you know, in in one of these almost like a it's called stock twits, right? That's the site. Uh. It's a forum for that. And then just yesterday, I see it's like, Rick, thank you for jumping on here. There's next to no CEOs that engage directly with shareholders like this. By the way, I started following you on social media. I started listening to your podcast and I'm sharing your messages every single day with my sons and my family. And uh, dude, I mean, it's, <laughs> I get vulnerable this way because this is why I do this, man. That's why I talk about all these things and these stories and, and what I've gone through. Because I, I, if there's just a little bit that I can bear for other people so that you can understand that I paid that dummy tax, <laughs> you know, you could accelerate a little faster than me and go beyond me, please do so learn from these things, but let these raise your own awareness. And then that's what's gonna break you free, break you through, break you up everything in your life. Well, and what I, and I have to say this in closing, so, and again, awesome. Uh, I just really am struck by your sense of gratitude for everything that comes your way. Uh, the highs as well as the challenges, and then the the perseverance, the grit, the resiliency, the curiosity that you apply to those things. And I just have to say, I'm grateful our paths have crossed, um, and I'm not at all surprised by the extraordinary success that you had, the impact, and uh, on me. And I know on the listeners, this is just going to be, this will be uh, a, a, a very highly engaged episode with so much in there. So thank you, Rick. This has just been an absolute treat for me. And uh, continue being awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. I mean, I definitely will be. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, everyone. So until next time, thanks so much for tuning in to Do Good to Lead Well. Bye for now.